Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. Praise God. If you would turn to the word of the Lord with me today, you might as well keep your Bibles out the whole time on this Bible study night. We're going to be going back and forth on a few different books of the Bible. And um, how many love the word of the Lord? Praise God. I love his word. There's nothing like his word. You ever wonder why we do what we do? It's because we have faith in the word of God. Can you say amen? The book of Psalms chapter 119, there's, I guess, more, more reference in this one. It's the longest chapter of the Bible. But Psalms 119 talks a lot about the word of God, its importance in our life. How many know it's important? Why do we do what we do? Why do we live the way we live? And the reason is because we're following the Word of God. Amen. Psalms 119, um, there's, there's a few portions of scriptures, uh, a few things. Let's just start with verse 1. We're not going to read the whole chapter standing because we don't have that much time. We'd be here for a long time tonight if we did that in Psalms 119. But look at verse 1. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who what walk in the law of the Lord verse 9 wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking taking heed thereto according to thy word it says with my whole heart have I sought thee oh let me not wander from thy commandments thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. He, he uh, skips on down and I'm, I say he, I'm going to skip on down. Verse 89, forever, O Lord. Verse 89. Let's just stay in the same chapter, but it says forever, O Lord, thy is, everybody say it's settled in heaven. You don't have to debate it. It's settled. It's unchanging. Everybody say the word of the Lord. Verse 97 says, Oh, how love I thy law. It is my meditation all the day. Verse, um, let's look at 103. How sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. When you understand the value of the word of God, I'm telling you, there's no life like it. It's a roadmap of greatness. It's, it's, it is a strength to us. It goes against our grain and keeps us from a bunch of trouble. Everybody say the word of God. Look what it says. It says, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. God's word reveals the right way and exposes the false way. 
That's why the next verse says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto thy path. That's why John 1, 1, don't turn there, let me just quote it. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light and the word was made flesh. Jesus was the embodiment of the word of God. That's why we worship him because he was the living example of what this word tells us to do. He was perfect in all of his ways and he never lived a way that, that opposed what his word commands us to do. Amen. He overcame the world and he said, you can overcome because I've overcome the world. How many glad we have the example, we worship him, we love him. Amen. Thank God for his word. Amen. I just want to preach to you and teach you tonight on the word of God. Everybody say the word of God. You may be seated. The word of God. This Bible that was written, this Bible that was written representing thousands of years of man's day. Did you know that the word of God was written in three different continents, in three different languages, by 40 different authors, in 40 really different uh, ways of occupation by those authors, but it was the inerrant word of the Lord. How many believe his word is perfect? Can you say amen? The Bible tells us in 2 Peter, it says chapter one, verse 20, it says knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. Meaning that no scripture was just a write or a written word of philosophy. Not like, it's not like Plato or Socrates. It's not just a philosophy of a culture. It's, it's not bent or twisted or, or polluted by man's thinking. It is the pure, undefiled word from heaven which we call the word of God. It's how God thinks. It's not how man thinks. Isaiah records about his word when he says it will never return void. He said, for my thoughts are above your thoughts and my ways are above your ways. And if you will live according to my word, my word will never return empty. It will accomplish that which it was supposed to accomplish. Let me just put it this way. When you do it God's way, you're going to get a God benefit. When you do it God's way, you're going to get supernatural element of that. You do it man's way, you're going to get what man can do. But when you do it God, hey, if you, if you sow in the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. But if you sow in the spirit, you're going to reap life everlasting. You can, listen, in the church, you say, I could have never made it to where I am. I could have never become who I am. 
Paul said, I am what I am because of Jesus Christ. I come to teach you tonight, you cannot be made perfect without his word. You cannot get better without his word. And I'm gonna tell you right now, you can't be saved and get to heaven without the word of God. You've gotta have the word. You've gotta have the word of God. Everybody say the word of the Lord. Amen. It says, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God did what? They spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. It wasn't just saying, you know what? That's a good idea. I think we'll write that down and send that out. That's a good thought. No, it didn't work that way. God moved up on them and they began to write or they began to speak as God told them to write. We see a precedence of this when we see how Moses received the law, where did he receive it? Anybody know? Where did he get the word? He's up in the mountain. He didn't eat for 40 days, didn't drink water for 40 days. He was up in the mountain alone in the glory of God. And in the glory of God, God couldn't help but expose his word. You can't get alone with God and not be exposed to the word of God. You can't separate God from his word or the word from God. You've got to have both. He said, I'm seeking a church that'll worship me in spirit and in truth. It's people that want to move in the spirit and they don't want the word of God. The Bible says, let God be true and every man a liar. If they don't align up with the word, don't listen to them. Our life is based upon, I don't care what the Supreme Court says. If it doesn't line up in the word, we got to go with what the Bible says, not with what the... It's not culturally accepted, but amen. I want to be heaven accepted because of the word of God. Somebody say the word of God. And you get people, you know, you, know, you, you, you get these people and maybe it's like all of us a little bit. We all have an opinion. It's like noses. Everybody has one. And uh, if we're not careful though, we'll start trying to uh, uh, be smarter than God, above God and say things like this. Well, you know, I just don't think God would, you better be careful the way you think. Because the Bible says he's able, to, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. The, the thinking can be the problem and you can be a product of your culture and think a certain way that is certainly opposing the word of God. Paul said it's not wise to compare yourselves among yourselves. How I many know that's the truth? And if we're not careful, you know, I can always find a, a worse example to compare myself to and make myself feel better. Well, you know, that one guy, you, you know, what I'm talking about. You can find somebody and say in comparison to him, I'm okay. But that's not how this works. Every man's going to stand and give account before God. How many know there's going to be a judgment? Somebody told me there's going to be 30 minutes of silence. The word is going to wipe the tears away. That's for all the people that came late to church all the time. He's given a 30 minute window to get there. I don't, I'm just teasing. I don't even know where that came from. But, but there will be a moment that we are going to stand before God and we're going to give an account for our life. The Bible says that your life will be compared to what you should have lived. Ignorance in our day is not going to be an option. There's a Bible in every corner. When the radio came out, the first thing came across the radio waves was the word of God. When, when the printing press came out, uh, and guess what? The first thing printed was the word of God. 
And what we have to understand, God has made a way for an entire world to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he said he wasn't gonna come until the gospel has went to the whole world. I think we're pretty close to that. But what I'm saying to you is we've gotta fall in love with his word or we're gonna be deceived. The Bible says in Psalms one, look, look at Psalms chapter one, verse one. Amen. Everybody say the word of God. In Psalms chapter one, verse one, it says, blessed is the man, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Who knows what is godly or ungodly? Prophecy says that in that day that, that men will call good evil and they will call evil good. That's where we are. They're saying we're wrong for living right. That's right. And they call people that are uh, uh, in sin and living unbelievable lifestyles, they're heroes among us now. It's the truth. They're promoted. As long as they have some level of gifting, they're okay. They can do whatever they want and it's all right. But if the Bible says it's wrong, then it's wrong. You're not going to stand before me in judgment. You're going to stand before God in judgment and he's going to say, here's what you were supposed to do. I never intended for you to do that. You shouldn't have done that. You shouldn't have went down that road. That's not, listen, depart from me, you that work iniquity and be cast into eternity. That's what judgment is. But you know what's so powerful about the word of God is that some people don't know that they are living in sin because all they've ever had around them was the counsel of the ungodly. Only thing they've ever heard is what come across talk shows, what was put in storybooks, what was taught them in the school, what movies they watch and promoted, what music they listen to, and they received counsel from ungodly people that said premarital sex is okay, said that homosexuality is okay, that abortion is okay, that these things are okay, that stealing, that's just the way you do, or gambling, or some way of life, or sinning, or cheating, or lying, or whatever it might be, sins that Bible says as such for some of you. But you know what? When the word of God is preached, it's like a light comes on. Oh my God, what in the world am I doing? Why have I been living this way? Now I understand why I'm in bondage. Now I understand the mess that I'm in. And you know what? God didn't just say, you sinner, huh? The reason when the light comes on, it allows you to see the false ways that say, I don't need to go that way anymore. I found a better way. And guess what? God gives you forgiveness. God grants you mercy. He gives you grace to come out of the wrong way so you can live a better way. It becomes a new day. It becomes a new way. Come on, has anybody in the room ever been delivered? You've ever been set free because God's word shined a light and showed you the false way. Amen. It's right. Somebody shout, it's right. It's a better way. I meet people all the time. They just don't know. They're ignorant. They never had a good example. Never had somebody to show them a better way of God. And here they are, they, they're, they're lost and they're undone and they're walking down the road of a cycle of, of constant failure and then all of a sudden somebody comes in and shares the word of God and the light comes on. I just didn't know. And now they're righteous, they're holy, uh, they're pure, they're happy, they're complete, they're fulfilled, they've been forgiven. Everybody shout, it's a better way. Amen, amen, amen. Brother Michael and I were talking this morning because the Bible tells us that once you repent and what happens is when the gospel is preached and the light comes on and you say, 
I'm a sinner. Had somebody one time, they, they, they were somewhere in a church of false doctrine and it wasn't, wasn't taught right. There was no conviction there. And they said they were, they were on the board and they said on Friday night, they said on Saturday night, they partied like rock stars. That's what they told me. They said, go to the church the next morning, drive the van, taking people to church and said, we still be a little high on marijuana. Go to church and go there. Said, not one time did we ever feel conviction or wrong about the life we were living in that church. Not one time. It's concerning. They said, but one service at the anchor came to watch a baptism. They said, oh God, I'm not where I need to be with God. Nobody pointed them out and embarrassed them and nothing, but they just felt conviction. I don't need to live this way. They ran to the altar and repented, gave their life to the Lord, and they turned from the ways that was messing their life up. Listen, I, I was, and, and what I'm preaching to you is that the church isn't a place where, it, it's a place where anybody can come. Anybody can come. But it's a place where the light comes on and shows the people, hey, listen, you don't have to keep going down that road of destruction. There's a, there's a, Brother Michael and I were talking this morning and I said, I said uh, Brother Michael, when he was talking about the new birth experience in our Bible study this morning and we were talking and made a statement about why you get baptized. Repent and be baptized, every one of you. Simon Peter said on the day of Pentecost, repent means to turn from that way. That's a false way. Everybody say, it's a wrong way. It's a wrong, I don't wanna go down that road anymore. That's, a, that's the wrong direction. It's, it's sin. And you turn and you start going a new way. And you know what? And the Bible says, once you repent, the Bible says, and be baptized, every one of you. Why do we get baptized? Because that's what the Bible commands us to do. How many know? It's, it's water. It, it, that's just city water, by the way. It's not the water. It's obedience to the word. And he said, when you're baptized, it will wash away all thy sins or for the remission of sins. Can you say amen? And when a person gets baptized, can I tell you, you're not just washing away sins. You're burying an old man. You're burying the old you. You're burying a sinner. It's not just God wipes your record out and you just gotta live better. No, when you come up, there's a conversion. There's a change. I don't wanna live that life no more. Chains fall. Amen, addictions are broken. Do you believe that? You get up and you wanna read the Bible. You wanna go to church. You wanna be good. You wanna forgive your neighbor. Man, I feel like preaching right now. All of a sudden, bitter things start leaving you and hurtful things start going away from you. You don't wanna go to the bar anymore. You wanna go to the cross. You wanna, you wanna make a difference. Am I preaching to anybody here tonight that when God got a hold of you, something begin to change. Something begin to happen. It's the word of God. Somebody shout the word of the Lord. Amen. Psalms tells us that blesses the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the, but his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. It does perish. 
the way of the ungodly, not like God. How do we become the way God wants us to become? Not just because of who your mom and daddy is. Not because of the family you grew up. Not even just the church. You've got to make sure that the word of God is right in your life. How many believe it's the word of the Lord? Amen. Everybody say the word of God. And so the word of God, when it is applied to your life, let's look at Psalms 119 again. It's hard for me just to teach without getting all wound up. I've seen people healed. I've seen tumors disappear because they obey the word of God. I have. I've seen people's crooked backs straighten up because they had faith in the word of God. I have. My crooked feet were straightened up, healed. Never had to wear the braces the doctor ordered because what the Bible says is true. I was, I've been there in one year. I saw five blinded eyes open this close. Why? Because God's word says it can happen. Do you believe that? I was in Alabama, saw somebody else. A lady came in. She was walking by the church. Uh, she was walking by the church and came in. God delivered her. And, I, and there was a, in, in that service, God touched this lady. She felt God walking by. In that same service, a lady came in that had, had, was blind and God opened her blinded eyes at a, at a youth camp in Alabama. There's nothing impossible for God. When you believe, you got to have faith in it. You got to have faith in the God of this book. It's not just another book. It's God's word. Somebody say God's word. I've met people that believe some of it, but they don't believe all of it. I've, had, I've, I've seen some that believe Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and they, they jump on the trampoline, jump over the book of Acts. Collapse in the Romans because you can't even understand Romans if, unless you get the experience of the book of Acts. They roll all the way to the book of Revelation. They don't have a clue about that either because there's no illumination of his word without the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you get the Holy Ghost, a light comes on and revelation comes so you can start saying, God's still able. Come on. It's not just something he did at Calvary or in the first church 2,000 years ago. What he did in the word back then, he can still do today. That's called faith. He can heal. He can deliver. He can set free. Can you say amen? The word of God. Let's look at Psalms chapter 119, verse 97. And oh, how I love thy what? How can you love his law? How can you love it? Rules and regulations. It's not that. It's a way of life. It's not what I do. It's how I live. Everybody say it's a better way. He said, it's, it is my meditation all the way. It's amazing. These young people sit around reading their Bible. Old people sitting around reading their Bible. None of those are here. They're all watching online maybe. I don't know. There are no old people in the church, right? 90 years young. Young families sitting around the table reading their Bible. Why are we reading the Bible? Because it's life in a world of chaos and confusion. There's, there's a light. Brother Tony texted me the other day and he said, have you ever seen the sent me a verse that, that when judgment was coming through Egypt, the Bible says there was lights in the house of the Hebrews. There was a light on. Look at your neighbor and say, the light's on. God was with them. They were, they were waiting. They were waiting on the direction and the hand of God. Hey, I, in the dark world, I don't want to have a house that doesn't have a light on in it. What is the light? It's his word. 
though through thy commandments, verse 98, hast made me wiser than mine enemies. Do you see that? Though through thy commandments, everybody say his word, hast made me wiser than mine enemies, for they are ever with me. There's always an enemy of your soul. There's something trying to take you out. How many know it's true? Everywhere you go, there's temptation on each side. He said, I have more understanding than all my teachers. For thy testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the ancients because I keep thy precepts. I didn't just read them, I keep them. I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I may keep thy word. The word is lost when I live another life. It's not just hearing it, James said. One, one, one deal talking about the facts of the scripture says James is the bossiest book there is. I don't know if that's true, but it sounds like. James said, he said, show me your faith without your works. I'll show you my faith by my works. He said, you can hear the word. It won't do any good unless you respond to it. The word of God has to be obeyed, lived out. That's why you come to the anchor and you're not just listening, but we believe the word of God has to be affirmed. Have you ever talked to somebody that wasn't listening? I have stopped midstream before and they never noticed. They weren't paying attention to what I was saying anyhow. You can't have a conversation if somebody's not communicating back. My wife says I do that to her pretty often. You ever heard that? The men speak 10,000 words a day and women speak 30,000? You ever heard that? They say it's because a woman has to repeat herself three times. That's not true though. I don't know. It had to be a woman made that up. A woman made that up. But listen, when you, are, when you are in the word and God's word is speaking to you, whether you're reading it or whether it's been preached to you, I'm telling you, we got to fall in love with it. The Bible says the promises of the Lord, it's not just a book of law. It's not just a book of commandments. It's a book of promises. He said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will be with you even until the end of the world. And Cindy, when we had that, that, that situation and Jillian who was, can you believe Jillian's gonna be 13 on Friday? 13 years old, my, my girl's turning 13. My little baby that was born two and a half months early and they said she wasn't gonna live cause she had myconium in the womb that got in her lungs, her lungs weren't working. And the nurse practitioner looked at me and said, she's very, very sick. They had already told my wife in recovery she wasn't gonna live. But we just, moments in your life, you don't know what to do. You just stand on his word. You're holding on to this promise. It says God hears us when we pray. We trust that, that God can make a way where there seemeth to be no way. And I'll never forget when, when I looked at little Jillian and the nurse had clocked out and she went out and told my mom, she said, are you, are, are you uh, Grandma Bounds? And she said, yeah, we're at the Ohio State University. Sixth floor. And we're up there and the lady clocks out and she says, are you Grandma Bounds? She said, yes. She said, are you, you folks are praying people, aren't you? 
My mom said, yes, we are. She said, well, I knew it because that baby in there is a medical miracle. There's no way she can be doing what she's doing right now. She said, I'm telling you, she, she works all the time. She said, the baby was so bad. She said, I even went out and found a place and started praying because I knew that baby couldn't live. She said, but when I bent my knee and started praying, she said, I could feel that somebody was praying. See, that sounds foolish to an, unbel to an unbeliever, but it doesn't sound foolish to us because we have felt his presence. We've seen God move. Come on, we don't just sing songs. We sing songs like, if it hadn't been for the Lord. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch. I once was lost, but now I was blind. But now we know what God can do. We can see it. We can feel it. Well, you've never seen, I've never seen God. I'm everybody, I don't ever even know anybody that's ever seen God. But there's churches on every corner in every country. Worshiping God? What are, they, what are they doing? They've never seen him. Because he said, it's like the wind. I am a spirit. God said, I am a spirit. And they that worship me must worship him, me in spirit and in truth. You've never seen the wind either, but you believe in the wind? How do you know the wind is real? Because you can feel it. You can feel it. People that have hair can see the hair flapping and you can see the effects of it. The leaves will begin to do this number. The palm trees down in Florida start doing that number. You can see the effects of it. And guess what? You can also hear it. I've never seen God, but I have felt him. I have heard him and I've seen what he does. He heals people. He changes their life. When I think of what God did for our missionary, who's a missionary now that was a crack cocaine addict, 22 years of crack cocaine addiction, not one thing could set him free, but one moment in the altar when he said, I, I see the gospel. I see the error of my way. I don't want to live this way no longer. Guess what? He gets up, no more addiction. 22 years, change in five minutes in an altar. Why? There's power in faith in him. Can I preach to you? He didn't go to Calvary and get 39 stripes on his back for nothing. He didn't go up there and die for nothing. When they crucified him, they had to falsely accuse him because like Pilate said, I find no fault in him. He had never made a mistake. Jesus, Jesus who was God, who came out of earth, out of heaven, was wrapped in flesh, wrapped in flesh. How many know that? In the likeness of sinful flesh but he had no sin in him. I wouldn't want to grow up, have grown up in that house. Being his sibling, he was perfect in all of his ways. He didn't, he didn't get crossways. He was obedient. He did things right. Uh, you know, yeah, you ever wonder when he, if he had to take a shower or a bath, when he walked in, he had to command the water to stay in? Just stay in today. I need a bath. I don't know. I, he, just, he was perfect in all of his ways. He, he looked at wine. He, he looked at water and it turned it to wine. He was God, but he wasn't just a miracle worker. He was righteous. He was holy and he was pure. He was righteousness incarnate. He was the word, word of God manifest in the flesh. He loved people. He was forgiving. He did no wrong. And when it came time to be judged, the judge says, I find no fault in him. I've 
studied him. We've listened to the report, but there's no thought. Of course, the Jews said, let's kill him. We got to kill him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him, crucify him. But he had to die. And he told Pilate, he said, you don't take my life. I give it. He was God Almighty who cast stars into the with, he, he cast stars into the universe with his fingertips. He spoke and the thunder rolled. He was the creator of all things. How I many know that? But he humbled himself, became obedient to the death, even to the death of the cross. He said, you don't take my life. I give my life. He gave up the ghost, nails in his hands, nail in his feet, crown of thorns on his head, blood, 39 stripes. You could see through his rib cage and see his organs function. They beat him so brutally and he did that. All he had to do was change his mind. There were 10,000 angels, meaning unlimited angels, that could have delivered him from the cross, wiped out the entire earth of humanity because of their sin. But don't ever forget, Calvary was not just about the judgment of God. It was the judgment of God that was meeting the love of God that came together at one moment to say, you don't have to die a sinner. You don't have to live that way anymore. I'll give you love. I'll give you a second chance. I'll take all of your punishment. Can I preach to you? Jesus took my punishment. Jesus took my judgment. Jesus took my pain and my suffering. He took my guilt. The Bible says he was sorrowful and very heavy. He bore our shame. He bore our iniquity. He took, Brother Zion, what I should have had to pay for because of my own decisions. He said, I'll take it for you. That's what he did. That's the love of God. He's not up in heaven. Man, I, you know how many people told me if I come to that church, it's going to fall in. I'm going to tell everybody watching online, if it hadn't fallen in yet, it's never going to fall in. Come on, as such, we're some of you. We were all sinners at one point. But the light come on and said, oh my God, I'm going the wrong way. I don't want to live this way. I can see where it's going to end up. It's going to turn into another mess. It's going to turn into another moment of chaos. But you know what? I can see the light that's taken me out of this darkness. I see a better way. I'm going to follow him. He won't ever let that happen. He'll Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. There is a better way. It's joy. It's peace. It's completeness. It's fullness. Why? because I have been made in the image of God. Somebody shout glory, hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. The mercy of God. The word of God speaks about judgment and what will happen because sin is not a respecter of persons. Doesn't matter who you are. Sin's gonna take you the wrong road and ruin you. How many know it's true? He came to save us from our sin. Oh God, he said, oh, how I love I the law is my meditation. And he goes on and says, he'll make me wiser than my enemies. He said, verse 101, I have refrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep thy word. I have not departed from the judgments. Thy judgments for thou hast taught me. How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through thy precepts I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every false way. God's word will cause you to love the right way and hate the destructive path. I mean, no, it'll cause you to hate the sin you were in. 
Anybody glad God brought you out? Thy word is a lamp. Everybody say it's a lamp. The Bible says that the blind lead the blind. You'll both fall into the ditch. But God's word is a lamp that comes on. Would you turn all, just, just turn all the lights out. Turn all the lights out. Just, just hit the, that's all right. Just turn them all out. Turn them all out. I want me to get rid of these up here. Makes me feel special when I can't see anybody and you can all see me, I'll tell you. It's, well, there's one on the baptismal tank. I mean, this is, this is life without the word of God. I, I'd have a hard time getting off this platform without hurting myself because I can't see. And that's what sin does. You didn't even see it coming. You just walk, you're just going. Every voice you hear, you, 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 just, you just go. You can't see where it's leading. It's, it's, you're void of it. You don't know. You keep tripping and falling and messing up and regrets and guilt. And you're turning around and, and you're all banged up. You're scarred up. You're messed up. You hit your head. You hit your hand. You, you skinned your knee. I'm not just talking about the terrain. I'm talking about the life that you live. And, and, you, and, 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 and you, you, you're, you're bruised. You're wounded. You're hurt. You've been done wrong. People have walked on you because they can't see who you were. They don't value you. You're just another obstacle in their way to run over because you're living in the dark. But what happens is, is when you're in the dark and then God comes to you like you did in Acts 9 to, to Saul who was killing Christians. He thought he was doing right and all the knowledge that he had. He would kill Stephen. He in prison. He had the authority to put anybody to call the name of the Lord in jail. He thought he was doing right, but he was doing wrong. Is it possible to think you're right when you're doing wrong? But God came and the Bible says he shined a light on him. Turn the platform lights on. He shined a light on him. It was bright. And God spoke to him. See, it's amazing when you study that the word of God always brings light. When God speaks, it brings light. It's not supposed to condemn. It's not supposed to make you feel bad. It's the most supposed to say, look, that's why you fell. That's why you got hurt. That's why you did that. It's not God trying to kick you while you're down to make you feel worse about yourself. He was just saying, if the light would have been on, you'd have never done that. You'd have never fell over that. You'd have never been stepped on. That'd have never happened. And when I'm preaching to you, the word of God is not to shame you. It's not to condemn you. It's to show you, hey, you don't have have to go through all that mess again. There's a better way. He lights the path. He shows the way. Light exposes what's been ruining your life. Can you say amen? Everybody say, and then the lights came on. Look at numbers, excuse me, Nehemiah chapter. I've, I've made a lot of reference to it, but Nehemiah chapter 30, chapter 13, excuse me. Nehemiah chapter 13. And, uh, I don't want somebody to lead me the wrong way. You look at somebody, listen, somebody's life was a mess. Don't, tell, don't let them tell you how to live. Oh, give me some great counsel from it. You're, you're terrible. Tell me how to live my life. That's what we do. Because we don't have very good options. We live in a day of darkness. We don't need counsel from ungodly people. We need the word of God. And I'm going to help you. Listen, listen, the word of God is not just to be talked about. 
It's to be lived. It's one thing to talk it and not live it. It's called hypocrisy. It's when you're telling people what to do and you don't do it yourself. How I many know it's true? That's why, the, that's why he wrote that your life is an epistle that is read of all men. There ought to be a light about you. You can preach without talking. Just by living. I heard, I heard a, somebody bought me a sign one time and a family I teach Bible study to. They said, they said, people that don't know God but know you will come to know God because they know you. That you show them a better way. Do you know how many people out there are stopping by another crack house tonight, stopping by the bar, going somewhere else because they don't know. And if they don't know, it's because somebody hadn't showed them. There's people in this church that preach right now because somebody said, here's, when they came in, they showed up in a the light. I just never knew. Nobody ever told me. First person ever won to the Lord, I was lifting weights. And uh, uh, I, used to, I used to lift weights. <laughs> when I was in high school, we called it doing the curls for the girls. That's what we called it. And uh, in the weight room, a guy came in there, Brother Nehemiah, and uh, he was spot me. And he's, his spot me, and I was bench pressing. And, and uh, one day he came in there, and he's a little bit late, and he came in there. His face was a little bit pale. He looked at me. He said, man, we got to talk. He said, have you ever heard of the coming of the Lord and the end of the world? Uh, yeah. He said, I don't want to be lost. That's why there's some people drinking tonight because they're trying to drink that feeling of being lost away. They don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. See, at the anchor, we're not judging people and condemning people because they don't live right. We understand we were that way too. We're not saying you shouldn't, you know what I mean. And it, we're saying this. It's one thing to be doing this. It's another thing to be doing this. That's a pulpit. That's not to put people in hell. It's to pull them out of it. It's to pull them out of hell. That's what the gospel is for. is not to leave you in that condition and make you feel worse off. I've been in churches where I left worse than I came. But it ought to be such a love of God here that people come and say, you know what? I think I can change. I think I, think I can change my life. I think I can lay this stuff down. And that guy came to me and I want him to the Lord. He repented. He was baptized. God filled him with the spirit. He stopped his party. And he, he, he I'm telling you what, every, every, he lived for the parties. He stopped it because it was a spiraling down because when he found it and God filled him with the spirit, he said, Aaron, everything I've ever looked for, everything I ever desired was when God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many know that's when you get your heart cleaned out and God fills you with his spirit? He said, I've never felt this way. I've never felt more complete. And I'll never forget what he told me. He said, it took 19 years for somebody to tell me about it. God forbid that we think the word of God is just for us. 
Paul told Timothy, he said, it won't only save you, it's going to save them that hear you. There, there, is, there is a mandate. We're talking about mask mandates and social distancing mandates and, 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 and you got to stay in your house mandates. We've been living in a year of mandates, but there's a mandate of the word of God is that when you know it, you're supposed to share it. You ever been in a candle lighting room where one you light one candle and everybody starts sharing it until it's all lit up? That's what's supposed to happen in a city. It's not supposed to be one church where everybody comes in with their own little candle. You're supposed to share it to your neighbor, share it to your family. I'm not talking about condemning them, but saying, hey, I, God's changed my life. I'm better than I've ever been. I'm never, come on, how many know it's true? I'm not giving you words to say. It's a testimony. It's a, the commandment turns into a testimony of what God has done in your life. Clap your hands and praise him. Everybody say the word of God. Nehemiah 13, it had been chaos. They're trying to restore Israel. They're trying to restore people back to a place of healthy hand of God, blessing of God. And watch what it says. It says in chapter 13, verse one, on that day, they read in the book of Moses in the audience of the people and therein was found written. Everybody say, get the word of God out. That the Ammonite and the Moabite should not come into the congregation of God forever because they met not the children of Israel with bread and with water, but hired Balaam against them, that he should curse them. How be it? Our God turned the curse into a blessing. How many believe that? Now it came to pass when they had heard the law that they separated from Israel all the mixed multitude. And before this, Eliashib, I preached about this, I think three, two weeks ago, three weeks ago maybe, uh, two weeks ago. And before this, Eliashib the priest, having the oversight of the chamber of the house of our God, was allied unto to Tobiah, who was an Ammonite. And what happened is, when they read the word, it exposed something that was in their life that God had forbid from them. Tobiah was someone that had weaseled his way in. Y'all know what that means in Ohio? Snuck his way in and built him a place in the chamber to steal from the people of God. He represents sin that the law said to keep out. And his goal was, study it, he was an enemy of the restoration of their life. And I preached a while back, the enemy of restoration. But what the word of God will do, it exposes everything in your world that is trying to ruin you from becoming what God wants you to become. And that's why Psalms 119 says the enemy is always with us, but it exposes this enemy and that enemy. And it shows, I'm not talking about people. I'm talking about stuff. I'm talking about the enemy of our soul. How many know it's true? It keeps trying to creep in. It keeps trying. But when the law is read, everybody say the law of God. Listen, this shouldn't be something you do on Sunday and Wednesday. It ought to be something you do every day of the week. You get up and you start reading. He said, how's it, how's it go? Man shall not live by, but by every word which proceeded out of the mouth of God. It also tells us in Psalms, it says, give us this day our daily bread. The Bible calls the word of God the bread of life. 
And when you start opening it, it starts exposing things in your life that God never intended to be there. But without the word of God, you allow things in your life. That's why when God sent a prophet to us uh, a couple weeks ago, things started being exposed in our life. I didn't know. How did I let that in? How did that get in my home? How did that get in my life? How, or how many know what I'm preaching about right now? The goal of the gospel is to shine the light to expose what's in your world that's ruining your life. It's not to make you feel condemned. The Bible says walk in the light while you have the light. But the Bible also says some people won't walk in the light because their deeds are evil. What will light do? It exposes things in your life that are wrong. Could I say to you today, the gospel was not to condemn me. The gospel was to save me. Let's all stand. The gospel was to save me from my sin. I feel the Lord wants to speak to us even now. I want everybody in the room to begin to pray. Everybody in the room, I want you to begin to pray in this room right now the word of God. Come on, let your voice begin to talk to him. God, we want your word to be right in our life. We want your word to be right in our life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I pray in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 In the name of the Lord. His word is a lamp. It's a light. In the name of Jesus. Oh God. Help us to fall in love with your word again. Thank you, Jesus. I want to love it. I don't want to just hear it. I want to fall in love with your word. Come on, all over this room, I want you to just take a moment and pray. Would you do that all over the building? I love you, God, today. Thank you for your word. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to do right. I want to hear your word, oh God. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The American home at one time was, when you'd walk in, there was a family Bible on the table. Have you ever seen those family Bibles? My land took a, took a crane almost to move it now. Big old family Bible. I remember that. You open up, it's got the family tree and who did the wedding, and who did the funerals and all that. Anybody ever flip through grandma's Bible? Anybody ever look back and see that? Used to be a Bible on every, a Bible on every table. American home. Even the president still. Swear in the office on the word of God. You go to court, you lay your hand on the Bible. Say, I solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Why? A fear of the Word of God. 
People didn't just put it up in the dash of their car, slide it up under a seat. It was protected, it was guarded. Can't tell you how many car accidents I've seen that the only thing that come out of the car accident was the word. And not one word of it was burnt. My uncle flipped the vehicle out into a creek and, and the word landed literally under him and saved him. He landed on the word. Amazing. God's word. There's nothing like, there's no book like it. Now we don't have them, now we don't have them on our tables. We got it on our phones. Almost split screens that we can do Facebook and the word at the same time. And if we're not careful, we, we uh, the prophet said you took the stimmy check and uh, got a 74 inch. And you can watch football while watching live stream at the church service. We, we, we got to be careful to mix stuff. And, and wonder why we can't focus because you can't do both. The carnal mind and spiritual mind can't operate at the same time. How many know it's true? We got to get back to where we turn things off. Separate ourselves. Mark Hina was an elder in our church for many years. Tremendous man. Sister Christy, right, right here. Wave your hand, Sister Christy. Right there. Brother, Brother John Hina, right here. Their dad shut himself away for 10 days. Got a hold of the Word of God and said, I want to see what the truth is. And God showed him the revelation of the one God in, mighty God in Christ. Hunger for the Word of God. And what I'm saying to you here today is it can't just be a Sunday event or a Wednesday event. I was telling one of the young preachers before church when I grew up in this, I didn't understand this value. I heard a lot of preaching about it, but didn't realize all that I had because of it. And I watched, I watched some young people get in church who didn't know this way, but were so thankful to be free from the shackles of bondage that they got in. They read more of the Bible through in one month than I had in 15 years. Why? They valued it. And I didn't know how valuable it was because I was just raised around it. How I many know we have what we have because of the Word of God? America is who it is financially and, and, and in, the, in, in arms because of it. God raised this country up. It's only a little over 200 years old and it's still, uh, it is the number one power in the world. How such a young nation because it was founded on the word of God to do what? To propagate the gospel to the world. That was its purpose of existence. How I many know that? Go, go to Jamestown in Yorktown. Go there where the first church was built. You go there and when you see it on the scripture, you know what it says? Acts 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for their mission sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Because they didn't want government telling them how to live for God. We still don't need government telling us how to live for God. It's the truth. We are a land of freedom, not government control. How many know that sound political, but I'm just giving you, this is how we were founded. We can live for God in our righteous freedom. When I think of the young lady that, that, that was in my dad's church and she took a Bible back to China when they found it in their luggage, crossing the border at customs. She had to spend five years in prison because they found a Bible in her suitcase. Five years. 
We got them all over the house. Listen, I don't want to sound condemning, but it's not right if we have them all over our house and we don't read it. How I many know oh, there's power in that? You can unlock everything you need in that book. Read it and believe it. Come to church and hear about it. And when it's preached, you say amen. I talked about it a minute ago. Affirming, affirming. Yes, the promise of the Lord are yea and they are amen. You know what amen means? It's just fancy for I believe it can happen to me. Let it happen to me. Everybody say, let it happen to me. When I get up and say, God can change your life. He can heal your body. He can, he can bless your soul. You ought to say, amen. Let it happen to me. Let it happen to me. I, I'm glad he brought me out. I'm glad he brought me out. Hallelujah. We are blessed because of the word of God. Listen, when the preacher's preaching on Sunday, come in expecting a word from the Lord. A lamp to your dark place. A lamp to your situation. How many have things in your life you need some direction on? How many need direction? It's in his word. Lift your hands right now and say, God, I need direction in my life. Amen, 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 amen. They're going to sing. Let's pray all over the building before we go. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.